Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew will continue on in the Bible series from the book of Isaiah with this message entitled, Thy Kingdom Come. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Isaiah chapter 32. Now here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you humble us because you give grace to the humble. Humble our minds, O God, that we may come to you to hear this day words of life. Thy kingdom come to the blind, that the blind may see. The blind may see your Son, Jesus Christ, as King and Savior. Thy kingdom come, that the deaf may hear the voice of the Lord. As dead Lazarus heard the voice and came out. Thy kingdom come this morning to those who are lame, that they may leap for joy. Thy kingdom come for those who are mute and dumb, that their mouths will be opened, not only to speak, but to sing your praise. May we never trust in our health, in our wealth, in our power. They all are perishing with this world. Help us this morning to look up to you, O God, and be enlightened, and we may become radiant with the joy of God. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I heard the propaganda minister, otherwise called Minister of Information of Iraq, saying, Allahu Akbar, That is, God is great or greater or greatest. And he is assuring the Iraqis and the Muslims of all the world that this Allah, being the greatest, will crush the allied armies. And he said, they are crushed. They control nothing. And so I draw a conclusion. If the Iraqi elite Republican Guard are destroyed, I was told about 100,000 are destroyed, and if the regime is changed, there is going to be a big problem. Because it will prove... Allah is not great. But I don't have to wait for that. I can say from the scripture, Allah is not great. The one who is great is our God. And the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is defined in scripture as the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So they are God is not our God because they reject Jesus Christ. And I have a suspicion 
that government is going to be removed in short order. So let us talk about our great God, the only God, the true God, the living God. And so as we come to the book of Isaiah, especially beginning with chapter 32, we are introduced to the king. 32nd chapter verse 1. See a king will reign in righteousness. It is speaking about the rule of the Messiah who alone will reign in righteousness. In other words, Isaiah here is telling us and pointing us to the fulfillment of our prayer Thy kingdom come. Unlike Ahaz or Hezekiah, this king is the thrice holy God, whom Isaiah saw in his vision of chapter 6, when he said, My eyes have seen the king, the Lord Almighty. It is he who rules in righteousness. And in 33rd chapter, verse 17, we are told, Our eyes will see the king in his beauty. And chapter 33, verse 22 says, He is the Lord, our judge, our lawgiver, our king our Savior. Chapter 41, verse 21 says, He is Jacob's king. Chapter 43, verse 15 tells us, He is the creator, He is the holy one, He is the Lord, He is the king. And chapter 44, verse 6 tells us, He is Israel's king and His redeemer. So the question is, who is this king concerning whom Isaiah is speaking in chapter 32 and 33 and so on? He is none other than the virgin-born son of David, we read in Isaiah 7. He is Emmanuel, that is God with us. It is Concerning this king, we are told to us, a child is born. For us, a son is given. We need a son. And the government will be upon his shoulders. He is wonderful counselor. Mighty God, everlasting father and prince of peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. I want to speak to anyone who is arrogant here this morning. He will win and you will lose. He will cut you down to size because his government increases and no one shall replace him. He will never die. He lives forever and ever. 
He will reign on David's throne with justice and righteousness forever and forever and forever. And then the glory of the Lord shall fill the earth as waters cover the sea. Upon him the Spirit of the Lord shall rest. During his reign there shall be no arrogant people. Chapter 33 verse 19. And concerning all those who live in Zion. That is the elect people. The remnant. The chosen people of God. It will be said. No one living in Zion will say, I am sick. And the sins of those who dwell there will be forgiven. Who is this one? Who heals all our diseases. And who forgives all our sins. Total salvation coming to us. Who is this king? He is Jesus When he came, the kingdom of God came. He said, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. If I by the finger of God cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. He is the kingdom of God. And he is the king. Because of his first coming, his kingdom has come into our hearts. He rules my life. I am in his kingdom. And he rules your life. If you are humble. If you are arrogant, no. You are outside of his kingdom. By his Holy Spirit. God birthed in us and brought out the confession. Jesus is Lord. Yet we do not see the kingdom of God in its full extent and manifestation. There exists so much arrogance in the church and outside the church. And people mock him and mock Christianity. This will change when Jesus comes again. That's why we pray the prayer, thy kingdom come. That the will of God be done on earth As it is in heaven. And Isaiah the prophet. Saw his first coming. But he also saw. His second coming. So let's look at. The chapter 35. It's speaking about the condition. That will exist. At his second coming. The ground. The earth that is cursed will no longer be cursed. And so you see this beautiful picture. The desert and parched land will be glad. There will be sudden transformation of the desert. They will burst into bloom by divine action. And you will see streams flowing in the desert. Now before his first coming, 
our condition was that of blind man. Verse 5 and 6. We were deaf, lame, and mute. That tells something about our depravity, our total disability uh, to see God, to honor God, to worship God, to obey God. We were slaves of the evil one. We did not know God. We did not hear his voice. There are people here sitting today cannot see God, cannot hear his voice. It's all noise, big noise. And we were like that. We could not walk in his ways, we were lame. We were dumb and mute, we cannot sing his praises. But because of his first coming, because of his death on the cross, we have been liberated. The blind sees, the deaf hears, and the lame leap for joy. And mute not only speak, but sings by the touch of the power of the kingdom of God. So remember that he instructs the disciples of John the Baptist who were sent to him to check him out. And Jesus told them to go back and tell him, the blind receive sight, the lame walk, the deaf hear, the lepers are cleansed, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. And what is the good news? Thy God reigns for your benefit, for your salvation, for your healing. Because he reigns, he can save you, he can heal you, he can raise you up from the dead, he can humble you, he can defend you. By defeating all our enemies. He can forgive all your sins. He can cleanse you. He can provide you a highway to the eternal city of the heavenly Jerusalem. And we read about this highway in verse 8. And a highway will be it will be called the way of holiness the unclean will not journey on it it will be for those who walk in that way wicked fools will not go about on it and God placed us on that highway that leads from the city of sin and doom and destruction and goes straight to the city of God. On this highway, the people of God will walk till we arrive in the city whose builder and maker is God. And we arrive there never to return. We arrive there 
to be with him to celebrate the festival never ending celebration and we arrive there to see the king in all his beauty so that's the king let's look at the king's highway we are told in the bible there are only two roads two ways one is straight and narrow leading to eternal life the other broad and winding leading away from god to eternal destruction and some of you are on that broad way this morning you may claim to be a christian that makes no difference your claim and my claim has no value unless god claims us as his own few shall be on the first road many shall be on the road to death but all people of the world are traveling on one or the other road and we have heard some people dying because they finally arrived and we will die too when and we arrive so i want to say a few words about this highway first when you look at it we're saying if you have the humility to open the bible and look at verse 8 and a highway will be there what does that mean it means this highway is not of human origin or design or construction it is the highway designed by god from all eternity and built by him at a very high cost for our benefit for the scripture says he did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all he gave up his only begotten son in death constructing this highway the redemption price did not consist in silver or gold but in the precious blood of Christ who cried out my god my god why hast thou forsaken me secondly it is the way from the city of sin to zion the city of god it is the way out of egypt through the wilderness to the land that flows with milk and honey thank god for this way that reached all the way to our pit jacob saw a ladder that reached from heaven all the way to the earth turn to isaiah chapter 11 verse 16 there will be a highway for the remnant of his people that is left from assyria as there was for israel when they came up from egypt this highway begins from egypt from assyria from the place of our hell and exile 
He sent his son all the way down, seeking, and he found us. Thank God for this way. Third, who is this highway to heaven? I want to tell you, it is Jesus Christ is the way. For he said, I am the way, the truth and the life. There is no other way. I don't have to think twice to say, Allah is uh, not the way. Allah is the figment of human imagination. It's a lie. And he is not great at all. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. He is the way to the Father. He is the way to heaven. He is the way to eternal life. St. Peter tells us salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. He alone is our atonement. He alone is our propitiation. He alone is the one who turned the wrath of God away from us by his death. He alone laid down his life for his sheep. I tell you who Allah is and every other God is. Jesus said all other saviors are thieves and robbers. All other saviors are blind, leading the blind into an eternal ditch of despair. Number four, this way is called the ancient way, the ancient way of the Holy Scriptures. In Jeremiah 6 and verse 16, we read this is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. And ask for the ancient path. You see, the modern man, he hates the ancient path. He is asking, ask the most educated, what is the latest and the most modern path? But we are told here, stand at the crossroads, you don't know which way to go. Ask somebody. Who is the somebody? Somebody who knows. Ask a true minister of the gospel. I want the ancient path, the old path, the old time religion. Ask where the good way is. And then, when you find it, walk in it. Walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. And you will never find rest in philosophy and sociology and science and, and the latest fad of thought. The ancient way has been there for a long time. But the arrogant will never get on it. And the arrogant shall never experience rest for his souls.
What is this ancient path? It is the way of the word of God in which we meditate day and night. Or as Isaiah says in Isaiah 8, it is the law and the testimony which God's people neglected in favor of mediums and spiritists muttering and whispering. It is the ancient way of the word of God which alone is able to make one wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Number five, it is a plain way. It's so plain a way that one does not need to be educated, cultured, and sophisticated to find it or walk on it. The Bible says the common people heard Jesus gladly. Sinners and publicans rejoiced in his teaching. In fact, we are told, not many wise find this way. Not many influential or of noble birth find this way to be delightful. Those who walk on it are mostly common folk, but common folk of divine election. God chose the weak things of this world. To shame the wise. It's so plain a way they find it. Number six, it is the way of the Holy Spirit. Those who walk on it are led by the Spirit. The Spirit of truth, the Spirit of grace, and the Spirit of holiness. And number seven, it is the way of holiness. I want you to know that. It is the way designed and built by the thrice holy God. Therefore, no unclean, we are told here, will be permitted to travel on this highway. How come people don't want to get on this way? Because they want to sin. They want to remain arrogant and stubborn. They refuse to humble. Take a look at it. It says, the unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. It is a high way. It is about the muck and mire and filth and garbage of this world. Those who travel on it are called saints, holy, who set their affections on things above. God said, Be ye holy, for I am holy. But He also said, I'm the one who make you holy. Let's praise God for that. Because nobody is going to be cleansing and cleaning himself. It's an utter impossibility. Nobody can get on this way unless he makes us clean and he does make us clean. And he made you clean and he made me clean. 
And he lifted us out of the miry clay, washed us, cleansed us in the blood of Christ and put us on the way. Those who walk on this highway are those who are cleansed by the sacrifice of Christ. Turn to Isaiah 6 and let me read from verse 5 through 7. It will make this point very clear. Isaiah saw the thrice holy God the King. Then he said, Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. Verse 6, Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sins atoned for as the application of the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. Guilt is taken away. Sins are atoned for. They are justified and being sanctified and soon to be glorified. Jesus saves his people from their sins. Those who have trouble getting on this way And walking on this way. And the trouble is because you love sin. More than Jesus Christ. You love it. You take the cup of pleasure. And with the straw you suck it. And suck it. And suck it. You don't want the cup of salvation. Which he freely gives to us. With eternal Pleasures. Those who are unclean and want to remain unclean will not travel on this highway. They are traveling on, on the other way. Number eight, it is a safe highway. Notice it says, no lion will be there. Verse nine. No lion will be there on the highway to tear you apart. Oh, sure, you will hear the sound of the roaring of the lion. But do not fear. You can overcome him by faith in the lion of Judah, who destroyed the devil by his death on the cross as the Lamb of God. The Lord is going to be a wall of fire protecting you. Sure, we may go through the valley of the shadow of death, but fear not. Shadow of a lion cannot bite us. Shadow of a sword cannot wound us. Shadow of death cannot kill us. So we cry out, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ, his life and his death and his resurrection. We are given eternal life, and we shall never perish. We are in the mighty hand of God, Secure. When tempted on this highway, 
we are guaranteed that God will make a way out that we will be victorious for God is with us so the unclean cannot travel on this way so number 9 who travels on this way we are told here the redeemed only the redeemed will walk there in order to be redeemed we need a redeemer a redeemer is one who is related to the helpless miserable people who cannot help themselves we needed a Boaz who is related to us. We needed a Boaz whose right it is to redeem us. He doesn't have to, but it is his right. Nobody can usurp it. We needed a Boaz who is willing to redeem us, showing us pity. We needed a Boaz who is able to redeem us. We have such a redeemer in the person of God's eternal son who took upon himself human nature. He shared in our humanity. He is able. He is willing. He intervened. He redeemed. He redeemed us by his death on the cross. Our sins are forgiven. And his righteousness is given to us as a free gift. He met us, our every need, every need. He took us, as I said, out of the miry clay and placed our feet upon this highway, highway of holiness. And it is he who leads us to Zion. We are king's children walking on king's highway every day. I don't know about you. Every day God's people make progress in our journey to the celestial city. All saints of all times traveled on this highway because there is no other salvation they have arrived and are waiting for us to arrive soon at death I myself will arrive there and I hope to see you arrive also to see with our own eyes the king in all his beauty now thirdly What's going to happen when we arrive? Let me tell you, we are in the king's company. Turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 8 and verse 11. A picture is given about this final arrival. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. We are going to be in his company. Enjoying feast with him. Everyone whom Jesus placed on this highway. Will travel the full length of it. None will fall off. Or be lost. 
And finally, they all will arrive at the gate of Zion. How do they arrive? Take a look at it. Verse 10, and the ransomed of the Lord will return. That will return is nice. It is speaking about the prodigals <laughs> returning. Oh, he is moving on to his father's home. They will enter Zion. How is it? Singing. They will arrive with singing. They will arrive with gladness. You see, the desert and the parched land will rejoice. The desert will blossom. The whole creation is going to experience the liberty of the children of God. But they all have to wait until we arrive. They will arrive with singing, they will arrive with gladness, they will arrive with everlasting joy. Take a look at it. Crowning their heads. <laughs> we are not going to go there dragging our feet and sucking the last drop of pleasure from the cup of this world. You are a fool. You don't understand. In his presence there is fullness of joy. And on his right hand pleasures everlasting. We will arrive. Oh, there is a freedom in that walk. You are moving on. We are singing as we are moving on. As the Israelites came to Jerusalem three times a year. For great celebration. With this one purpose. To meet God. Who dwells in the temple. And so we are going to come finally. How do we come? Singing. How do we come with gladness? With everlasting joy crowning our heads. Because for the kingdom of God will have come in all its fullness. All curse will be reversed. The arrogant will be destroyed. Sin will be removed. We shall be glorified. There shall be a new heaven. And there shall be a new earth. Desert and wilderness. And parched land will sing. And will pray, burst forth into bloom. There will be streams in the desert. We shall be glorified. There shall be a new heaven and a new earth. Where there dwelleth righteousness. And we will enter his gates with thanksgiving. And his courts with praise. And we will celebrate the Lord's festival. Unendingly. Take a look at it. The last couple of lines. No more sorrow. No more sighing. No more pain. No more parting. Turn to the book of Revelation chapter 7. Let me read to you from verse 14. I answered, sir, you know, he said, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore... They are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. 
Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them. Nor any scorching heat for the lamb. But the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Turn to Isaiah 25 where he makes the same statement. And verse 7, on this mountain he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples. The sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears. From all faces he will remove the disgrace of his people from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. There we with our own eyes. Resurrected body. In glorious body with our own eyes. We'll see our king in all his beauty. This is the life that God designed. Creature with creator. With the God. Moses was permitted to see only his backside. But then we with Moses, we we shall see him face to face. No more through a glass darkly. Face to face. There we shall dwell in eternal bliss. There we shall sing amazing grace. So, my fellow travelers, I appeal to you this morning from the 35th chapter, verse 3 and 4. Strengthen the feeble hands. Steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, Be strong, do not fear. Your God will Actually, in Hebrew is, do not fear, behold your God. You see, the antidote to feeble hands and feeble knees and fearful heart, the antidote is, behold your God. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Behold your God. He is coming. With vengeance. To destroy his enemies. And to save us. He is coming. Secondly. If you are on this highway. Keep on this highway. We are told do not turn to the right or to the left. Follow Jesus. I appeal to you, waste not your life by being entangled with the vanity fair of this perishing world. Number three, I will appeal to you, open your mouth and proclaim to the perishing the way of redemption. 
And when you do that, your children, your wife, your husband, your neighbor, your friends who are blind, their eyes will be open. Who are deaf, their ears will be open. Who are lame, they will leap for joy. Who are dumb and mute, they will sing God's praises with you. Pray for those who are apostate. God can save them. And if you never got onto this highway, I tell you, get on it. What must I do to be saved? The answer is, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. And those who are here this morning on the Broadway of destruction, I say, get off and get on to this highway that goes to the city of Zion. And so walk with us, sing with us the songs of Zion until we all come to the city and enter in and enjoy his company forever and ever and ever. And he will lift up his countenance and you will see Heavenly Father, we pray that you have mercy upon those who are on the way of destruction. Perform a miracle this morning that they may say goodbye to evil and sin and filth and misery and death. Make them alive, O God, that they may trust in you and be on this highway of holiness that they may sing with us and walk with us until we come to the fullness of the blessing that the gospel promises. And those who are on this highway, O God, help us to love holiness and to declare the way of the gospel to all people. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio, presenting this message from the Bible series on the book of Isaiah. Come back soon for more Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.